Welcome back to another episode of Psychosis. I'm very happy to have you uh, here listening. Today's recording is a continuation of the previous recording. It is part two of understanding the intentions and motivations of others for people suffering psychosis. So it's a bit of a mouthful, but just to say that we're exploring how the condition of psychosis has an impact on one's ability to perceive the intentions of others and what that does um, to your perception. Uh, So that's what we'll be talking about today, but in more practical detail uh, today, we'll be talking about um, some examples of what you can do to um, keep uh, to, to aid coping of somebody suffering psychosis in order to keep uh, motivations clear, in order to keep intentions clear by sending no mixed messages. We're going to be talking a little bit about how that can be accomplished and why you would want to aim to do that um, as the supportive caregiver or the loved one of somebody suffering from psychosis. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I would encourage you to stop this recording and go back and listen to that one first as we're building on ideas developed in that episode. Um, and that'll and, and uh, that'll be important for your um, being on the same page with us and describing what a caregiver can do for a su- patient suffering from psychosis. So one of the things that I, an analogy that I want to use is to build a moat around the suffering individual. Surround that person by situations that are unambiguous, straightforward, direct, concrete, and clear. Uh, the moat analogy is um, this idea that a castle would defend itself from enemies by having by digging out a moat, filling it with water, and so on, right? I don't know how often that actually happened in historic um, times, but it's become used in, it's become commonly used in business as a way of describing, um, a business strategy to fend off competitors' actions, right? So I'll use it in the context of psychology because I want to describe, um, how you would, you would want to be actively defending this person from experiencing situations that are going to make worse or exacerbate the person's condition, right? So obviously you love and care for this individual, and so you want to surround this individual with people who unambiguously love and care for the individual. And so that's and so that's step one of what I want to describe as building a moat around this individual. So the key is unambiguous love and care for the individual. You, this person probably has very close friends, friends that uh, may have very close friends. I hope so. This, this suffering individual may have very close friends, friends who care about this person's well-being and who have always cared about this person's well-being unambiguously. You want to help this person be surrounded by those people. Um, it'll send them a clear message that, that all anybody cares about is their well-being, that we want them to get well, that we want, we want them to experience healing in a full and in complete way so that they can um, return to their normal functioning so that their mind can be healed. 
So that's what I mean by building a moat around the suffering individual. You want to defend them from situations where uh, their mind will kick into high gear trying to solve uh, ambiguous or confusing uh, situations, trying to solve the puzzle of ambiguous or confusing situations by confabulating their own stories, making their own stories fit into cramming the situation into fitting uh, with one of their own stories because this is what uh, will lead to um, the escalation of the delusions that cramming in that that jamming of the situation into their own in, into the mind's own story to create a con to conjecture and create a narrative around uh, what's going on to try and make sense of what's going on so I'm going to give an example of um, someone who demonstrated this kind of concern and care for an individual and I'll show uh, the positive effect that it had on that individual both immediately and in the long run. So the story is a true story and I'm just going to remove all the uh, identifying details um, because that's the humane thing to do. Um, but it occurred in a hospital setting and, uh, and it occurred not too long ago. And the, the thing that started it off was uh, a, a client becoming, a patient in the hospital setting becoming um, fairly agitated. And so he was, um, so some staff were called and he was escorted out and given an injection. And, uh, and unfortunately, a number of other patients witnessed the incident and were very upset by it. Um, because it was a very distressing thing to witness. Um, and a number of the patients confronted the support worker who made the decision to uh, have him uh, taken and injected and so on. And the support worker handled the situation with an expression of unmitigated compassion that was so remarkable that all of the patients... Um, were completely, uh, uh, that their agitation was completely de-escalated by the support worker's explanation and by her expression of compassion. So I'll go, I'll go through it in a little bit more detail just to give you a, a taste of, of what it's like when somebody demonstrates this unambiguous empathy and compassion in just such a clear, crystal clear way and the, in the magnitude of the impact that it can have on those suffering from psychosis. So um, the patients were very upset. They were writing letters. They were, they were calling um, the support hotlines to tr um, th that are available to patients in the hospital to try and get support and advocacy for the individual who received the injection. They were all extremely uh, agitated and upset and challenging the support worker in a very aggressive way. And the support worker did not respond with um, hostility. Instead, she said, I've been doing this job for 25 years, and I want you to know that every single day I come here to try and give my best level of care to all of you here. 
And in my, in my 25 years of experience, I, I rely on that 25 years of experience to make the difficult, difficult decision that I had to make. Um, but, I, but I assure you that it was in that patient's best interest in protecting himself from harm that he may have done to himself or from harm that he may have done to others. And I assure you that all we want, all I want for all of you is the best of care. And she said it with such um, empathy and kindness and compassion that, as I mentioned earlier, the um, patients went away and and completely uh, changed their perception of the motivations of the situation, of the intentions in the situation. They, they completely understood the perspective of the support worker and with what am, unambiguous compassion and empathy she was working with. So I, I use that as a, as a story to illustrate um, the importance in aiding coping by keeping intentions clear, keeping motivations clear, and sending a message that's crystal clear. So here's some basic pointers for those of you who are loved ones and caregivers of individuals suffering psychosis. Based on this story and um, some of the concepts that we've been talking, I've been talking about in the last, in this episode, in the previous episode. So surround the person with people who unambiguously love and care for the individual. I've touched, I've touched on that previously and I can't emphasize how important that would be um, both during the hospitalization period and the recovery period after hospitalization um, through the acute phase as well as the prolonged prolonged recovery phase that takes place afterwards. Systematically support the individual with friends who care deeply for them and the importance is the friends who care deeply for them. Uh, it's not intended to be a shallow form of support. It's supposed to be uh, deep and profound friendship that I'm positing will make a positive effect here. And the reason is this, the clarity with which true friends communicate with each other and, um, and make their care for one another apparent. Here's another one. Make your care apparent and undeniable through gestures that are unmistakable. So an example I give for this one is gifts of simple artwork or encouragement. This can have a profound effect and can uh, again occur whether in the hospital or out to brighten the living space of the individual and to give them a symbolic reminder of the care and affection that people have for them. Now, the suffering individual can also actively participate in this by choosing objects and gifts from others and by attributing kindness uh, as, the intention, as the intention and love as the motive. In other words, it's not just completely up to the caregiver, but also the suffering individual can choose actively to attribute kindness to the, to the gifts or kindness to the objects that they receive from others 
and the, the actions that they receive from others and attribute love as the motive for those objects, actions, gifts, whatever they are, right? <clears throat> so, for example, if a suffering individual received artwork from someone, they can enjoy the artwork for the meaning that it provides, which is the love that went into creating the artwork for them. And I also want to take a minute to encourage the suffering individual to take time to create art for others, to give it away as a gesture of kindness. This is not necessarily directly related to always seeing things with clarity around you, always fully perceiving the intentions of others. But in a sense, it is. We can create our own environment to some extent. And so one of the things that we can do as a, suffering, a person suffering from psychosis is we can control our own intentions and motivations. So I'm going to take time today to make clear and unambiguous um, gestures of kindness and empathic uh, love to people in my life and by showing that uh, in t the intentionality and the clarity of my motivations to others that may result in reciprocal action from the other people in my life. So it's not to put the entire burden on the caregivers and the loved ones but also the individual suffering from psychosis might take from this um, um, an encouragement to create your own artwork or your own situations, memories and experiences with others that are clear gestures of kindness to them. And importantly, this can occur most likely during the recovery phase of this from psychosis as I suspect that during the acute phase of psychosis of a psychotic episode, this type of uh, purely intentional kindness will be very, very difficult for the individual. Um, but that's just speculation on my part, and, uh, and I'm open to somebody proving me wrong. The suffering individual may also attempt to discuss distressing and confusing moments with loved ones and caregivers. So this is another point that uh, puts a little bit of the um, responsibility on the suffering individual. That individual experiencing their full psychosis and delusions will have certain moments that seem to clearly contribute to their interpretation or their delusions. So they may benefit from talking openly about those moments with closely trusted loved ones and caregivers and support workers and seeking assistance with meaning making. The reason I like the story that I shared about the support worker early on is because the patients who were upset about what was happening did take an initiative 
to try to clarify with the support worker. Although not in a very pro-social way, they did at least take an initiative to try to clarify the support worker's intentions behind her behavior. Now, in, in other cases, in other examples, it may prove extremely beneficial to have the assistance with meaning-making to reduce the burden to one's mind uh, and to determine whether uh, one's interpretations of the events make sense or whether there are alternative explanations that, um, that an objective perspective on this event or situation might bring to light. I'm going to wrap up at this point, uh, but I would encourage you, if, if you've heard anything in this episode or the last few episodes that have sparked a question or any issues that you would like to discuss further, I would encourage you to reach out, find the email address attached to this episode, and reach out, and, and I'd be happy to hear from you. Also, if you've enjoyed listening and you'd like to continue listening, I'm glad. I would encourage you to subscribe and uh, do listen for future uh, episodes. So until next time, please be well, and I wish you all the best.